Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. That's me. This is a podcast about creativity for creatives wherever you are on the journey and we talk every week about a different topic related to being a creative. We also have a Patreon page. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone who has signed up as a patron, um, uh, sorry, as a patron uh, to support the the podcast. Every penny helps keep the conversation going. And it is a conversation for all of us. I'm taking so much from sharing these thoughts with you and hearing your thoughts back. So um, yeah, all the patrons, thank you so much because you're helping to keep that alive. And I hope you're enjoying the um, extra little bit of a creative source advice uh, that's included in every episode as well by some of the people I've met along the way in my career. Um, this uh, episode, we've got the lovely Lucien and Samati, who you will have seen in Game of Thrones and Kiri and all kinds of amazing shows. He is giving his pearls of wisdom uh, later on in the in the episode. In this episode, we're continuing the conversation about um, creative hustle. Now, last time we talked about developing craft. Now, if you, if you didn't hear that, then do go back and um, check it out. But that's only half the story um, in terms of creative hustle. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about developing career. So as well as developing craft, the other side of the hard work or the other part of the hard work, should I say, is developing career. Because what's the point of developing your craft if nobody knows about it, right? And there's loads of tools and loads of ways. And it, a lot of it depends on like what, um, what area you're working in. 
But for example, some of the tools that you can use to advance career, this is not craft now, this is career, are things like networking. Now, <laughs> I can feel the collective shudder as I say that word, because we all think of networking as awful. And in many ways it is. I um, was never really a fan of it. And, and in fact, if something says it's a networking event, I, I, I'm not so keen. But I had it reframed for me in a way that made it a lot more um, palatable. And that person uh, said, why don't you think of it in terms of what you can offer? And that, that kind of just blew my mind actually first off because so often when we go to sort of quote unquote networking events or whatever, which I don't do so much now, but we think about what can I get from such and such? How can I generate a job opportunity out of this? We're not thinking, how can I be of service to somebody? Because actually, a lot of times, that's really what that opportunity is. You're satisfying a need that that person has, but we're busy thinking about what can I get? What can I get? So if you go into a networking environment and think, how can I be of service? What can I offer this person rather than what can I take? it completely puts your attention on the other person because what that means now is that you have to find out about them. If you don't know anything about them, you don't know whether they'd be interested in your podcast or, you know, in your, in your poetry or whatever. So you have to get to know them. You have to ask. Ask questions and show interest in them. Genuine questions and genuine interest. The other thing about networking is that I think a lot of people, especially when they're in environments where they could potentially have a conversation with somebody quite high up in the industry or, um, you know, a very important decision maker, say, they are trying to generate too much out of the conversation, I would say. I think sometimes people go into these situations thinking, I must get a role in a film in their next film or something like say for example if we're in um you know uh, a q and a about a, with with a producer or i must get something i must get some work offer out of this basically and you know i used to go to a lot of q and a's where there would be quite influential producers uh, sometimes i'd go in my capacity as a filmmaker sometimes i was going as an actor and without fail at the end of the q and a even though the organizers of the q and a's would be really clear like please don't approach our guests our panelists with soliciting them for work or or anything <laughs> and you could guarantee somebody would there was also like by and by the way there was also like please don't ask them for selfies guaranteed that would happen too but yeah there, there was always this like tone of people trying to create something that there just isn't a listening for like if that person has never met you let's say for example it's Steven Spielberg and it's an actor trying to you know trying to get them to give them a job if Steven Spielberg has never met you what do you think he's gonna say what can he what can he really give you he's already got actors that he knows and likes and he's also already got a a casting director that he knows and trusts. So he's going to trust that process more than some random person approaching him, telling them that they're the next big thing that should be in his next project kind of thing. There's ways of going about these things. And one thing I really learned from my time in LA is that 
Um, the, the industry is very much based on relationships because there are so many people doing stuff. There's so many filmmakers, so many composers, so many actors, so many writers that you can't just look at someone's CV and take their word for it. You need a recommendation. And that's how a lot of people advance in LA is through relationships. Now that can go awry in the sense of like, sometimes it can keep out people who deserve to get in, but that's a conversation for another day. But it, it, the, the fact is that a lot of stuff happens on relationships. And so if you have no relatedness with that person, what really can they give you? So this is, this is how I would reframe the approach. Just try and get a second date. Try and uh, cultivate an opportunity to contact or speak with them again, either in person or on social media or by email. You need to be in relationship with that person, maybe six or seven interactions at least, I would say, before you can really talk to them about job opportunities. They need to get a sense of who you are, that you're appropriate in your communications and that you are what you say you are. Because there's a lot of chances in the creative industries. Again, because in the previous episode, like I explained, a lot of people, there's, there's, there's no measure for entry, which is great, but also can be uh, create its own challenges. So instead of approaching, um, you know, these networking things like I need to come away with a job offer of some nature or an opportunity offer of some nature, just try and get a second date. Do you know what I mean? Also, um, one thing um, that, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember where this um, little nugget came from, but it was re a really, really useful thing that somebody said of making a few fans rather than trying to um, get every decision maker in your field to know who you are. This is a bit beyond networking really now. This is, this is more about how you approach decision makers in your particular industry. Obviously, I know the acting and comedy world better than I know any other. So a lot of the times those are going to be what my um, references um, are, or examples are based on. But for example, with actors, when when we first start out in particular, we do this thing called sending out postcards, which is essentially is sending postcards out to casting directors. Now, there's a book called, I think it's called Contacts or something like that. And it's literally got every casting director in the UK listed uh, with their, you know, their name, their address, and uh, probably an email address. Now, you would hope that there are only about 10, 20, 30 at most of these people, but there's not. There's like... 200, 300. And, you know, when you're starting out as an actor, it is very tempting to write to all of them, let them all know who you are. And so what you would have on these postcards is, for example, my name's Andy Osho. These are the things that I've been in. Here's my headshot. And, um, you know, uh, whatever information you feel is pertinent to them. Now, what this person who gave me this advice was saying is, don't, you don't necessarily need to do that. Pick a handful of people and make fans of them. Make them love your work. Or not make them, but in, invite them to experience your work and hopefully they'll grow to love it. So put all the energy that you would have put into trying to contact 300 casting directors into just getting to know 10 and maybe ideally make it 10 that you've already auditioned for. So there's already a listening for you. There's already a, um, a, a sort of a, a warm reception for you because they know your work. 
and build a relationship with them. Be great, but also work on, you know, work on your craft, but also work on your career as in build a relationship with them. And that may reap more dividends than trying to contact everybody. It's like a friend of mine is an artist and it, you know, instead of, you know, maybe writing to all galleries, trying to get her work into all these galleries, if she, she's the sort of person who she intuitively feels like where her work belongs and she, 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 she would target them and build a rapport with those galleries or that gallery and get her work there. And if your energy is more concentrated, it's going to have more power, isn't it? Because the point is sharper rather than this more broad sort of scattergun thing, which is valid still if that's if that works for you then that works for you and if you've if you've um generated a lot of responses from that and you you know you really feel like that's an effective way to communicate with the decision makers then do it don't don't not do it because i said something about you know only speaking to 10 people but i would say if you are finding that that doesn't reap dividends for you try that approach of just making fans of a few gatekeepers You guys are as much a part of this conversation as anything I have to say. So, so let's hear what you guys say on this subject. So, um, Titus, who got in touch on Facebook, he says, in terms of creative hustle, I've found over the years that I just keep making small choices and they lead to the big ones. It's a labor intensive process, more working hard than smart, but I found it reliable as sometimes the moment of inspiration hits when you're doing a tedious task and it wasn't something you planned. So he's saying that he finds the inspiration to move and create movement in his career by just doing small things, just involving himself in little little projects and little tasks. And it's almost like he's distracting himself to allow a little bit of inspiration to come in. And I love that. And I think that's... Um, the way to go is finding what works for you. And so I hope that in all of this, you're hearing things that make you go, huh, I had never thought of that, or I've tried that. That doesn't work for me, but it could inspire me to try this, you know? So, so everyone has their own way of working. And this is Titus's uh, kind of technique for finding a way to make uh, his brain be on his side and, and support his creative hustle, basically. And then um, Gwynifer says the 10,000 hour rule really helped me to put things in perspective if things aren't going fast enough. I mean, that's it. Creative hustle is a long game. Gwynifer's absolutely right. Um, because it would be lovely to think that we're going to see the direct results of our endeavors uh, the minute we start endeavoring, but it just ain't like that. And it's tough. It's a tough thing to reconcile, but it just really is the way it is. Things take a hot minute to, um, to come together. And sometimes even the strangest thing is sometimes you'll be grinding in one direction and the results will show up somewhere else. So those 10,000 hours you put in may, um, the fruits of them may show up in the most interesting of ways, especially if you're a hyphenate talent who's involved in lots of different things. So great um, comments and points made by um, Titus and Gwynifer. Thank you for that. Gwynifer is a, a regular contributor. And if you would like to be part of the conversation, please hit me up on social media. And obviously um, there's extras and things like that. And more uh, um, more discussion on this on um, 
uh, in the Patreon extras. So if you sign up as a patron, you'll have access to extras. And in that will be conversations, um, extended conversations where I answer more of your um, uh, questions and, and respond more to your comments um, in as a little sort of uh, little extra as a gift to our patrons that have supported the podcast. Hi there, I'm Papa Esiadu, and you are listening to Creative Source with the wonderful, the inimitable, the beautiful, Andy Osher. <laughs> Joker. Okay, I'm blushing now, but thank you so very much, Papa. Issa Rae once said, network laterally. And again, that was another nugget of advice that I really, really took on. Because again, when we network, we always think about networking up. How do I get up to that that decision maker? How do I get up to that opportunity that that person has? When actually, if you go sideways, network with your peers, you will find that they are up to very interesting things and that there's opportunities to collaborate with them that could equally advance your career. Not only that, they could be awesome fun. And I think that's really important because a lot of times, um, certainly in my career, I'm thinking more about the work and building a great resume and not always so much about what's actually going to be fun for me. What am I going to really enjoy? Because you as an artist, when you're in your joy, when you're in your happiness, in your delight, is as valuable to people who might hire you and to yourself as as is uh, education, networking contacts you may have made and all the rest of it. Working with someone that is completely in flow and happy and happy to be where they are and happy to be doing what they're doing is so invaluable. So networking laterally can give you those opportunities. So my friend Earl, what's up Earl? He made, um, he wrote, sorry, a, a film called Dipole about a, a world superhero with no superpowers as yet. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. And he asked a bunch of us to, to get involved uh, in terms of sound, directing it, you know, cameras, all the rest of it. And he, he had a good, strong relationship with everybody in the team. And we just had the best time. We had so much fun. We had like zero budget, but we were still doing fight scenes and trying to figure out effects that we could do. And, you know, we just put our hearts into this thing and we just had so much fun as a, as a, as a crew, as a team. And that came out of networking laterally. That came out of looking who's in your network, who can support my dream, rather than going, oh, I must get this director, I must get that camera person or whatever. It's just like, you know, sometimes working with people you know, there'll be more love for your project than if you hired the best of the best of somebody because they know you, they love you, and they are committed as you are to realizing your dreams. So do not ignore your peer group. You know, YouTubers are doing it all the time. Let's collab. You know, they're collaborating with each other all the time because they know the value of um, networking with influencers in the social media community. And then speaking of social media, that's another tool. And I think it's an important one for artists to consider because it can be our friend and it can be our foe. There's a lot to say about it. So all I will say is this. Artists often ask, should they you know, be on social media? Should they, what should they do on social media? And, and social media experts would love to take your money and tell you all the things that you should do on social media. 
there are some useful bits of advice, some common sense stuff about the type of stuff that you put out. But here's what I would say about it is, unless you are passionately interested in creating on social media, like generating content, being a content provider, essentially, becoming an influencer, something like that, I would use social media purely as a communication tool and a sort of a branding shop front. Because the thing is, the types of numbers that we're talking about for your social media presence to make any difference to your career, it is so hard to generate that out of just uh, applying yourself. You know, the numbers come with doing great work. Like, say, for example, if you're a comedian and you wanted to... Um, build your social media um, presence, then yeah, you could start making loads of content. You could start putting videos out. You could do like Mo the Comedian does or did before anyways, you know, when he was making loads of like really funny videos, then you start to build up a presence, but that's hard work. It, it may look a little bit rough and ready and thrown together, but it's not. Stuff get, has to be written, wigs have to be bought, you know, stuff has to be edited together. He, you notice like on his videos, he does all the voices. So he's gonna have to, do the takes and then you're gonna have to do the takes with the other characters in it so it's not a small thing to undertake creating content on social media just because it's social media and it's a bit rough and ready doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard work and so if you want to do that then understand that that is almost a whole other career in its own right and it will take a really long time to get any kind of numbers that would make any difference to your career so my advice would be simply to a have like a almost shop front type thing so you keep posting things that are consistent with the branding that you want you know casting directors and producers or whatever well it depends i keep assuming that you guys are all actors but obviously you're not you have a shop front that's consistent with what your artistry is about if you want to use your social media as a as a career tool if you don't and you don't have to by the way you can have a bit of everything you do what you want then none of that matters. But if you feel like, okay, yeah, I want to try seeing what happens if I start, you know, if I dedicate my um, social media, if I dedicate my Instagram to my podcast, and then so then you would just keep everything consistent with the, you know, your podcast output, it'd be pictures of you podcasting, pictures of your guests, um, you know, shout outs and coming up next and all the rest of it. And then use it as a communication tool as well, because the thing with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is that not so much Facebook, actually, but with Twitter and Instagram, you can contact pretty much anyone. You can DM or you can comment pretty much anybody in any industry. So I would use that and don't do anything weird. Don't try and get a job off them. Just compliment them on their work. Ask them what they're up to. Don't be too pushy or too needy or want too much from them. But remember I was saying about, you know, creating a few fans, that could be one way of doing it. That could be how social media could work in your favor. And those are some tools, not, this is not a finite list. There's so much. And like I said before, it depends what um, industry you're working in, but those are some tools that you can use um, in terms of your hard work, your creative hustle um, to build your career. But you really must have that balance. It does, it mustn't be all craft or all career. You really want to have um, a balance of both. And like I said, that doesn't mean every day must be a balance of both, but over a span of time. And you have to intuit that, right? 
um, as to what that balance should be. You want to make sure that both are being taken care of, that you're not so focused on career and building social uh, social media presence that your craft doesn't get taken care of. You don't want to be so consumed with working on craft that your career suffers, like nobody knows how or where to consume your work, right? It's balance. Anyway, don't take my word for it. Here's some advice from someone who knows. A very dear friend of mine very recently, uh, we were catching up and something he said struck me as being quite profound and quite practically sound as well. And that was practice. The most important thing is practice. What is your practice? How are you keeping your body, your mind, your spirit chugging along? Are you exercising? Are you reading? Are you writing? Are you in touch with friends, with co-collaborators? Are you plugged into the world at large? Because it's not just about, you, you know, the fact that you are having to do 17 side hustle jobs is honorable because you're making a living and it's only going to add to you not only as a person but it's going to inform you as an artist so make sure that you just keep your 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 practice and your rigor however big or however small you must keep always keep the machine ticking over and that is entirely up to you that's got nothing to do with the market that's got nothing to do with trends it's got nothing to do with how much money is in the bank the machine ticking over is entirely up to you that's the most important thing, I would say. The rest, well, you know. You know. You know what you need to do, so keep doing it. There. Said it. I told you. Love you. Bye. That was Lucian Emsamati, uh, star of Game of Thrones, Gangs of London on Sky, Kiri on Channel 4, uh, Black Earth Rising, and so much more. Fantastic actor and a great friend. Uh, thank you, Lucian, for those wise words. And remember to check out our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho, where you can support the show. Doesn't matter whether it's just a couple of quid or you want to go for one of the higher tiers, everything helps and everything is very much appreciated. Thank you for listening to Creative Source with me, Andy Osho. We're just coming into the home stretch now. Balance. So we were talking about balance in terms of your hard work, like career and craft, but also you want overall balance. Because even if you're not specifically working on your craft, working is prep for the work that you want to do. So basically you can use the work that you're doing as preparation for the work that you want to get. And sometimes it may seem like, oh, this doesn't exactly relate to where I want to get to, but it keeps you in a state of readiness. And that state of readiness means that when opportunities come your way, you can just jump in and be fully free and in your flow. An example for me is doing loads and loads of stand-up gigs so that when the opportunity came along to do Mock the Week, which isn't the same, you know, like I said, the, the, sometimes there's not a direct correlate between what you're doing and the, and the opportunity that you're going to, that it's preparing you for. So doing stand-up obviously is not the same as sitting behind a panel, but all those um, stand-up gigs prepared me for sitting at the desk on Mock the Week. I was ready because I've been telling jokes and telling jokes and telling jokes. So 
the work that you do can be preparation. And also the work that you produce, you can consider it byproducts of your creative process so that you don't have to become attached to it. So all that work on your craft, everything that you create as part of that, you can just consider it byproducts of the learning process. And therefore, you know, you don't have to have this attachment of like this script must get sold. This painting must end up in a gallery. This sculpture must be bought. You can just go, okay, so I learned doing that. And that's all part of the preparation for when the opportunity that you want, the goal that you set comes along. And so with balance, we've talked about direction, having a goal, hard work, working on craft and on career. But the balance is having room for yourself. That is rest, reward, recreation. I came up with another three R's. We had three R's last time in um, rejection. But um, yeah, three R's of rest, reward and recreation. If you don't have that as part of your creative hustle, then it's incomplete. Because being able to stop to rest is vital. It's like if you think about music, there's always breaks, rests. They actually call them rests in music. You don't just want loads of notes going at the same time and just all happening. Music is only possible because of the spaces in between. Quincy Jones says, leave a little room for God. That's how he talks about the spaces in music. Reward. My God, girl, treat yourself. Come on. We've got to have reward in what we do. That was one of the things my coach taught me is that you want to set yourself little milestones where you can say, oh, 10 chapters done. Let me just mm, crack open that ice cream that I've been saving. Or let me just take myself out to the movies or go out with some friends or, you know, let me just take a weekend away because I've hit that particular milestone with my music or whatever it is so that it doesn't feel like it's all graft, graft, graft. Because as much as we love doing whatever we're doing creatively, that doesn't mean that we, <laughs> we're workhorses who can work, can work indefinitely. So reward and recreation. Give yourself time to play, to just do something else. Something else completely unrelated, not in your field. Now, you could do something in another field and that could be recreation. So if you're a writer, you could paint and that could be quite a nice thing to do. But I would say do something that involves moving the body because a lot of creativity involves being quite still. Um, there are some obviously physical expressions like dance and things like that, but a lot of it involves being still. So do something that involves moving the body, be in nature, put your feet on on the earth, your bare feet. I, I was doing that all last weekend. I was at a workshop at this beautiful um, country home called Oxenhoth uh, down in Kent. And the facilitator had us go outside and put our feet on the earth. Well, that was, our, yeah, it was our choice actually. He didn't tell us to take our shoes and socks off, but it just kind of was, it just felt right. And the grass was so cool and got so warm with our body heat and it just felt really good. And uh, I guess the reason I'm saying all this is because as artists, we need to reconnect with the earth and we need to do things that aren't our art for our art to make sense, yeah. So recreation, do whatever, whatever works for you. If it's playing football, it's something that takes you out of yourself, I think. I think that's what it is. Something that has you think or not think, actually. Something that just lets you be for a moment. 
and then you dive back in. So overall, what I would say in terms of creative hustle is, and, and bringing in balance is trust your gut and listen. Uh, something I'm really interested in at the moment is cultivating the art of listening. I don't mean listening as in hearing people's words or hearing sounds. I mean, listening to life, listening to what life is trying to tell us. So when we listen for our own lives or listen to what life is telling us about our own lives, we hear really interesting things. And if we start to cultivate this listening, listening with our whole beings, we'll know when it's time to stop, you know, when it's time to rest. We'll know when it's time to push through. We'll know when it's time to try something new. We'll know when it's time to let go. We'll definitely know when it's time to rest because we get tired, but maybe we'll start to intuit before tiredness or exhaustion hits. We'll know it's time to rest. We'll know when it's time to play. Know when we're done, you know, when we can't do any more. Because creative hustle is really creative hustle and flow. Finding a way to work where you're completely in the flow state where it just flows and works. So that's the end of this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, live in gratitude. If you're working as an artist, either professionally or just as a hobby, you've already won. Thank you again to uh, Soho Works for giving me this lovely space to record this um, podcast in. You may hear a few people uh, in the background. Uh, this is a co-working space. So there's a lot of people having meetings and stuff like that around, which is quite nice, you know, to be in this sort of creative hub where loads of people are, are doing things and making things happen. So thank you, Soho Works, for that. And lastly, if you want to support the podcast, do check out the Patreon page. I know I keep saying it, but it does make a huge difference. We thank every single one of our patrons who have so far supported the podcast. And if anyone is thinking of taking the jump and uh, yeah, getting behind us, it would be so, so gratefully received. It just helps keep the conversation going. If you have any thoughts, comments, questions you want to share, want answered, jump on my social media and uh, yeah, just let me know. The Andy O Show on Instagram, same on Facebook and Andy O Show on Twitter. All right, guys, uh, look forward to seeing you. There's more episodes coming very soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one -one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. Mm -hmm.